You are listening to ReachMD XM233, the channel for medical professionals. Welcome to the Clinician Roundtable. I am your host, Dr. Mark Nolan Hill, Professor of Surgery at the Chicago Medical School, and with me today is Dr. Harley Liker, medical consultant for the very popular and successful television show, House, who is Assistant Clinical Professor of Internal Medicine at the David Geffen School of Medicine at UCLA. Welcome, Dr. Liker. Can we talk about Dr. House for a second? Oh, absolutely. First of all, is it any coincidence, as you and I know, that the term house is a somewhat slang term for the hospital? In other words, you say, uh, how many patients do you have in the house? Was that any thought in terms of his name and the title of the show? I will tell you this. I just learned this, even though I've been involved with the show now for over three and a half years. Uh, when David Shore started creating the show House and really thinking about this phenomenal diagnostician, he really wanted to model him a little bit after Dr. Sherlock Holmes. So if you think about Holmes, another term for your home is your house. So I think that's how it came about. The, the graphics people were actually very clever, quite ingenious, when they realized that the first letter was H, and they put the square around the H, which, as you know, when you drive down the road, when you see an H with a square around it, that's the sign that there's a hospital nearby. So there are all sorts of similarities. Yes, we do talk about the number of patients you've got in the house. If you recall, there was a great book written years ago called The House of God, and that that was obviously a medical house in Boston. Now, this was the first time that you have ever acted as a medical consultant to a television show, yes? You know, I had one prior experience. Several years ago, there was a show that I think was on on the Warner Brothers channel uh, called Medicine Ball, and uh, it was kind of like a cross between St. Elsewhere and Melrose Place. It turns out that the living in Southern California and having done my internship and residency at UCLA, you're kind of in the hotbed of, of Hollywood, and if things are going to fall in anyone's lap, it's more likely to fall in one's lap in, in L.A. as opposed to many other parts of the country, as you can imagine. It turned out that the um, internal medicine residency office got a call when I was, I think, a junior or a senior resident, and they said, look, uh, we're two Hollywood writers uh, from Warner Brothers Studios. We're doing a pilot. We were wondering if uh, there might be a doctor around who may be able to give us some insights as to you know, how internship and residency works. And it actually turns out they, they, use, they use the name Harley as the name of the main character. So uh, kind of interesting. It sh- the show was really uh, short-lived. Uh, they shot, I think, 13 episodes, and I don't think it was picked up. Uh, after the first season. So I'd had a little bit of experience, but again, my, my involvement with House really had more to do with my relationship with David Shore uh, as opposed to anything else. Now, I know you have a clinical practice of medicine. How do you keep your patients from keeping on the subject of their problems as opposed to talking about your role as medical consultant for House? Yeah, again, it, it's something that uh, this is just another activity. I, I consult on a number in a number of different areas some that are research-related with pharmaceutical companies, others with, uh, you may be familiar with a pomegranate company called Palm Wonderful. Uh, I'm actually the medical director of that company. So I have a number of different things going on, and uh, if you looked at my desk, you'd see uh, the picture of my three beautiful children and my wife, and I'm a lot more apt to talk about that than to talk about house. It's not something that uh, is a, a major part of my clinical practice, uh, some of my patients are aware that it's the show I'm involved in. Uh, a lot of them like the show and, and will 
laugh and giggle about it, but we spend most of my time in my clinical practice talking about my patients and their issues. Uh, and again, I'm a lot more likely to talk about my son's Little League team than I am about the latest episode of House. Now, I can tell you, when I go to the gym in the morning, uh, there are a bunch of guys that know that I'm uh, I'm the consultant on House, and often on Wednesday mornings after the show has aired on Tuesday night, uh, they'll they'll give me some critiques <laughs> about what worked for them or what didn't work for them. What is the most difficult thing about being a medical consultant for a television show like House? You know, I'm a you know a classically trained, you know, board certified internist, and I, I really. Um, want to make sure that things are as true and as accurate as they can be. And I think, you know, in the first season of the show, my word and my what we describe as my notes or my comments on the scripts were really taken as gospel. So if I said, you know, the potassium can't really be more than, you know, 4.8 or 5.1, if it can't be you know, 12, and I guess that's a bad example because it's an easy fix, but you understand my point. If, if I said, uh, if a patient's coming in with chest pain, you know, you must do an EKG, uh, you must, uh, you know, get a spiral CT to make sure they don't have a PE because they were sitting on a plane for 12 hours, they would absolutely do it. Whereas I think as the show has become more and more successful, uh, the writers and the producers certainly feel like they've got the liberty to stretch a little bit further. And, and our rule on house is if it's happened anywhere, uh, it can happen on house. So sometimes they gently twist your arm? Yeah, again, you know, I, what I tell the writers at the end of the day, it's their name that's on the script. And my job is to give them open, honest feedback and say, look, this doctor would never say that to that doctor, or he or she wouldn't say it in that way or the sequence of tests that you've laid out to make a diagnosis is not the way it would be done. Could someone choose to do it that way? Absolutely. But is it the way that's normally done in standard clinical practice? No, it's not. And I'd say you just need to be aware of that. You know, put that into your think tank as you make your, your decisions about how you want this script to unfold. And there's, you know, a balance between the accuracy and the drama and the, the ratings that really kind of drive the overall process. Now, I don't think you're ever going to see a three-headed baby on house. Um, I don't think they're going to go that far. But I think that's one of the things that, uh, that is uh, a little challenging. Well, now, let me ask you a question. You talk about the ratings, and certainly this show is so successful and so well-liked. But on the other hand, everyone admits that they'd really never want a doctor to act like Dr. House, although they'd want their doctor to be as smart as Dr. House. Why do you think that the public is so enamored with Dr. House and this program? It's got to be, I think it's got to be his character. And just to give you a feel for how successful the show is, if I'm not mistaken, it is the most highly rated scripted show on television. I think that the viewing audience likes the characters. I think that the medicine is interesting, uh, but I really think it's the characters that drive the show and the relationships between the characters and also some of the social issues that we choose or the writers really choose to focus on. I think they're, they're compelling. I think they're important. Uh, and, and hopefully they're meaningful to people as they watch the show. Now, sometimes Dr. House says things on the television show that, at least from my perspective, you and I probably wanted to say to patients but never did. Does that ever come up? Oh, yeah. I mean, if, if you talk to David Shore, I mean, part of the reason, part of the way he created House is he wanted to have a character who could say the things that everyone has wanted to say, 
but because of our social graces and etiquette and, and professional conduct, uh, we would never say. I mean, there, there are certain patients that you or I have seen over the years that you'd want to just look at and say, you know, you're just crazy. You're neurotic. You're crazy. You're out of your mind. There's the door. You know, I don't want to spend another minute with you. Now, yeah, fortunately, in my practice, I don't have any of those folks. Uh, but, you know, over the years, whether it was during my internship or residency or medical school, you know, they were just people that you, you may not want to have as much to do with. And because of our professionalism and, and our, you know, Hippocratic oath to take care of people and to be caring, you're not going to say that, and you're going to do whatever you can to try and help them, whereas, you know, the Dr. House that we've come to know and love on TV, if he thinks someone's, you know, crazy or thinks he's lying, that he's being lied to, he's just going to call him on it, and he's just as apt to get up and walk out of the room and say, I'm done, <laughs> see ya. <laughs> that I think, again, that's, that's part of the appeal, because... He does things that many of us would like to be able to do, but we just can't. That's for sure. Now, it's interesting that his colleagues are really, in a way, buffers for him because they are the more traditional doctors with the traditional sensitivities. Is that correct? Absolutely. I think uh, Dr. Foreman in particular, who's the the, uh, neurologist played by uh, Omar Epps, is uh, a guy who really plays it very straight. Clearly, the oncologist, Dr. Wilson, is a caring, compassionate individual, and, and I would say Dr. Cameron the young rheumatologist, you know, her character has always been the, the most empathetic, the most caring, the most sensitive. So, yeah, they, they certainly balance out Dr. House. And, you know, there are many episodes where we don't see Dr. House interacting with the patient until very late kind of in the story. And he's really having his underlings, so to speak, or his colleagues really do all the, all the dirty work. Dr. House being clearly a very complex man and a complex physician, is he based on any character, any physician at all? Uh, if you spoke to uh, the writers and the producers, they would say there's certainly a little bit of David Shore, the creator, uh, in Dr. House. But no, there isn't a particular physician that we've talked about who kind of had that rough edge uh, and that nasty side of him who we were trying to portray. So no, there, there is no physician out there that needs to worry that... Uh, he is being portrayed as Dr. House. Harley, how has the show changed since its pilot episode to its present form? You know, I think very early on in the first season, for sure, we really didn't want many of the main characters, when I say the main characters, really the patients, uh, that were being treated to die. Because I think we were looking for kind of the upbeat ending for House to kind of come in and save the day and, and be the hero. And one of the things that, that I have really impressed upon uh, the writers and the producers is that when patients are as sick as they are, and really as sick as they are portrayed on house, being you know on multiple pressors and broad-spectrum antibiotics and hypotensive and intubated with overwhelming sepsis, and you know some of these rare, rare diseases which can be fatal, I just didn't think it was realistic that week after week, House should be able to come in and save the day and, and literally save the patient. So I think what we've seen over season two and season three are actually some failures, which actually I think makes House and the whole team uh, a little bit more human and a little bit more believable. Do you ever watch Grey's Anatomy and ER just for the purpose of a comparison and ideas? You know, when I was in medical school, I was a, a really big uh, ER fan. I, I loved the show. It was a great show. Uh, it got to a point where my life became so immersed in medicine 
that uh, I really couldn't use ER as an escape. I think early on, like many medical students, I'd watch ER and try and make the diagnosis. And I know that many of my medical students at UCLA actually watch House and make the diagnosis. So in general, uh, except for very rare occasions, I, I tend not to watch ER or Grey's Anatomy, not because I don't think they're good shows, but I have three young kids at home and uh, a pretty full plate. I do watch House every week just to you know, stay on top of how things actually turn out after I've made all my comments and see the, the final product. Uh, I actually enjoy watching the show, and I actually think you, Laurie, is great. But for me at this point in, in my career and given the various things that are involved in my life, um, watching medical television shows is kind of less of an escape for me, so I, I steer away from it just a little bit. I am Dr. Mark Nolan Hill, and you have been listening to the Clinician's Roundtable on ReachMD XM233, the channel for medical professionals. For comments and questions, please send your email to xm at reachmd.com. Thank you for listening.